and welcome along to the Family and Friends podcast. My name is Maxi. I'm one of the producers here at Family Creative, and this is our new weekly podcast. Each week, we plan to introduce you to some of the guys that we work with quite regularly and some people that we haven't even worked with at all yet. Our guest this week is photographer Mark Sethi, originally an engineer up until his 30s. He then packed that all in, uh, went traveling, and became an amazing photographer. I've been a massive fan of his work for quite a long time now. So it's really nice to uh, sit down and hear about his origins, about how he got into things and his ethos when it comes to photography and portraiture, which is what he's kind of become known for. Please enjoy this episode of Family and Friends with photographer Mark Sethi. How have you been? Uh, very well. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, seems to have got back to normal lately, I suppose, but if, if for any referential points, we're kind of <laughs> two months out of lockdown and I, I've been busy. Which is really nice. What have you been yeah. working on? Um, well, West Ham. So I'm, I'm lead. Uh, I've been a photographer for West Ham for about eight years, and I've done a variety of jobs for them. And uh, they were desperate to uh, sell their kit because uh, well, they were to shoot the kit because they had to sell it uh, at the end of the season for 2021. Mm-hmm. So literally the day lockdown finished, I think, or a week after lockdown finished, I ended up shooting the kit launch for West Ham, which was really good. It went, it went well. It was a strong campaign actually. Nice yeah, and uh, I photographed a COVID testing lab for a um, Harley Street doctors, and I'm doing a Casio G-Shock campaign, and I work for this uh, food brand called uh, Good Hemp, and, and and something coming up with you guys as well. So it's like lots lots of I think old clients coming like back to work with me, which is really good. Nice so, mate. Do you think yeah. as like a sort of um being a photographer, you're quite an independent entity. You don't need to roll up with loads of people on set. Do you think it's faster for your sort of like personal projects to recover after, you know, what we've just experienced more so than, you know, video or anything like that? I'm not sure. I, I, to me, that's, that's quite, it's quite, it's, it's quite nuanced, isn't it? Is mm. there's, I think what I've, what I've kind of theorized is that people were, the, the graphics industry seemed to sustain itself throughout lockdown. And then after the lockdown finished, I think people were kind of itching to have some imagery in some manner or form uh, that that was over and above that. And and I'm, I'm I I don't know I don't know whether it's the single entity of the photographer or it's just I mean the the nature of imagery now you know people need still images constantly yeah so they, 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 we're far more visual now, aren't we? We are, Everyone yeah, is. yeah. I mm. mean, it's, it's everywhere. So, I, I, I think there was just a kind of a, a dire need after three months of being in the house to have some, some something fresh to three market with. Three months of people taking their own photos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I heard a few stories about people basically getting their girlfriends or their boyfriends to shoot in a house or doing shoots with their kids and stuff like that. And a lot of food photographers kept working, or a few, a few that I know anyway. Mm-hmm. And and so I think there was a kind of it worked within that realm, but yeah. there's, there's always a requirement for for these at the moment. So, yeah, well, but but it's, it's going to be. I don't know. I just keep working. Somebody phones me up and says I need a job. I'll just do it, man. <laughs> Straight in, beautiful. All right, mate. Well, here on Family and Friends, we kind of talk about um, your personal journey and inroads into the industry, and uh, kind of how you ended up, you know, where you are now. So. Where are you from, mate? Like, what, what's what's the story in terms of Mark the photographer? Um, I suppose it's, it's so about when I was, I so saw I was an engineer for ten years. I was a um, 
I did, I did a degree and I had a job by 19 and I did a degree that I never really wanted to do and I had a job that I didn't want to do but I ended up um, doing it for 10 years. What kind uh, of engineering? Uh, civil. So I did civil <laughs> engineering and I worked on the railways for two and a half years and then after that I became a project manager because I was a terrible engineer <laughs> and I was an average project manager but I ended up working on quite major infrastructure works through um, London Underground, I worked on King's Cross Station and I worked on the concept design for cooling the tube. And then I got to 30 and I was just kind of at break point and uh, I, I took a six month sabbatical. And uh, my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend now, uh, the girlfriend at the time, she bought me a digital SLR for my 30th birthday. Yeah. And I went to India and I did a 3,000 kilometer, oh, 7,000 kilometer motorbike ride around India taking photographs. And it was a classic kind of find yourself job yeah. Did a lot of meditation, a lot of yoga. Oh, man. Uh, Sounds amazing. And found my roots. I'm half Indian. So as, um, I, I basically just kind of connected to a part of my heritage, which was there, you know, and and, uh, and I came back and I did a three-day meditation course in Hereford when I got back. And I walked out of that meditation course and I said, I'm going to be a photographer. And I was, and that was it, really. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was it was really bonkers. I just literally came out of this course, and I was like, "This is this is it. I like this. This is this is good." The, the thing that I've, I, I kind of realised at the time was loads of people don't really like what they do, but they don't know what they want to do to change it. Yeah. And so I think I was like that for about six years. I just didn't really understand what I, what I wanted to do. And I found photography or it found me, however you want to put it. And I loved it. I love it. And I was like, this is the thing that I was willing to work for, to give up a fairly successful career. Mm. I had a mortgage. And um, and so, so you have to find that thing to to move into that you're willing to commit to that can remove you from your comfort zone yeah and i found it which is good and then also i just knew loads of people in the music industry and they just were fully 100 percent supportive like my my best mates and my brother all worked for clash magazine um that was just like a big family so we went into um i just started working with them really and i was all right at what i did mm. so kind of like I think back then there was a lot of people were a lot less discerning. There wasn't as much <laughs> exposure to incredible because like now there's so many incredible photographers out there. Sure. And I think back now to to my start times and I was like, I wasn't I wasn't that good. Mm. Or maybe I was all right. And I think I'm just being all right was fine. And and then very early in my career, I walked into my brother's flat and uh, my now friend um, she turned around to my brother while I was sitting in the room and said. Uh, do you know anybody that does documentary photography for uh, festivals? And Paul just pointed over and went, Mark will do it for you. <laughs> and then I ended up being the lead photographer for, for uh, Festival Republic for seven years. I ended up running the photography teams. Jeez. Um, I did. So that was like a kind of ejection into the music industry. I, I always wanted to be a documentary photographer, actually. But when I came... I did, okay, I'll go back a bit. So, so the first thing I did was that. And then I quit my job after a year. So I did like part-time um, work for a year. And then I built up the client base enough to quit my job in February. It's 10 years, just gone 10 years. So it was February 2010. And I did a six-month uh, photography documentary. I was like five, four, five, six months. I can't remember now. On a hospital train in India. 
Uh, yes, so the work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so that was like a, that was the first thing I ever did, like le- as a legit photographer with no other job. And I ended up getting it published in the Guardian, which was great. My yeah. friend got it published in the Guardian for me, uh, which was great. And then I came back to London and I just hit the music scene really, just because I love music and I got really stuck into it. And and, and everything kind of evolves. Then you know, once you're in something. Mm. You just meet people, you're partying, you you just hang out. So I know Dave and Andy, you know, because we ended up working at Outlook and Dimensions. Once you throw, fully immerse yourself in a certain sort of world, yeah. you do naturally, just by being there, you get the connections. You meet more people and you come into contact with more opportunities, I suppose. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think everything's like that. Mm. I'm a firm believer in evolution. Yeah. I, it, 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 I think that if you let go and just kind of um, work hard, <laughs> commit to yeah. your craft, then ultimately it will evolve into something else, you know, because mm. the craft is the most important thing. And then you're, if you do a good job, <laughs> I've with this guy, sort of like my cousin, every, when, you're, when you're quitting your job, everybody's like, oh, you speak to this guy, speak to this guy. And my cousin's cousin was the Iron Maiden's lead photographer. Right? <laughs> cousin's cousin. Right? And I emailed him. She gave me his email address. She says, he's a really nice guy, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I've had a lot of emails these days, or not these days, but over time yeah. about these things. And he said, and I, and I was asking for advice, and his advice was, I don't really know what I can do for you, mate, but the best bit of advice I can give you is don't fuck up. <laughs> and it's the best bit of advice I've ever had. Yeah. Because you're only as good as your last job. Of course, man. So... So that's it. But obviously I have fucked up quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot less than I've done good. So, so what was that jump like going from sort of full-time engineer? Your time as an engineer then, were you conflicted quite a lot yeah. in terms of getting up in the morning and being like, there's a pretty big proportion of me that doesn't feel right doing this. <laughs> there's a hundred percent right of it at all. I mean, I suppose I'm not in it now, so I can see it, but I, I kind of took, I, I was just a frustrated kind of, I just wanted to be in the music industry. I just mm. wanted to be a rock star to be honest. So I just did loads of drugs and went to loads of parties and right. um, kind of like supplemented my really mundane existence as an engineer with, four day parties at the weekend and yeah. I was kind of like it was like the mid 90s and early 2000s and we were really I was heavily involved in Glasgow club culture so I was having a lot of fun you know I bought a house the job was just a kind of job and mm. I just I just did the bare minimum not to get sacked to be honest which is a, yeah. quite a lot of people are doing that I think <laughs> <laughs> but what so it came to sort of a bit of a head where was there a single day when you decided right Fuck the rest of this. This is what I need to focus myself on and immerse myself in it in order to evolve within a world that I want to be a part of. No, there was, there was, it was just, I, I just didn't want to be there. I, I, I um, sounds a bit pretentious, this, but I, I read a book when I was younger, when I was about 18, and it, um, it's, it was called uh, Diary of a Drug Fiend by Alistair Crowley. And it's got this theme that runs through it called Do What Thou Will Should Be the Whole of the Law. Love is the law, love under will. And what it means is that if you follow your will, if you look for your will, even if you don't know what it is, no matter what you're doing, you'll find it eventually. And that's one of the most important things. That's the most important thing in life. You don't compromise yourself for anything. And weirdly, I, I read that just before I started in engineering. And as I figured that, I knew engineering was a lead to something. I mm. just didn't know what, you know? It was like a kind of, uh, 
I just knew it was a part of my life that I was in at that time and it, it was going to end at some point. How it would end and what with what, I didn't know. Um, and I suppose turning 30, it's just, I think it's just a natural stage gate for a lot of people, isn't it? You just go, right, cool, I make this decision to do this now. Mm. And that's it. So I don't, it was, like I said, I, I, it was a rolling kind of principle of how do I get out of this? What do I do to get out of this? What do I actually want to do? And there was a few things I remember my mate, I was trying to get me in music PR. I started doing club nights. I did one in the Spits, which is an old venue down the Spitalfields, failed completely. Um, <laughs> I, what else did I do? I was just trying stuff, you know, just like trying to figure it out by going, that, no, this, no, da 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 da. So you try all sorts, man. And something sticks. Mm. If you eventually something sticks, yeah. you know, you got a trial and error, trial and error, and you and you figure something out. But it's a lot of luck as well. Of course. Yeah. You've always been much of a traveller then, in terms of mm. not just for work, but before your not massively. No, no not in my twenties. I think we travelled to go to music festivals. Yeah, I went to a lot of music festivals, like Sonar, quite a lot. No, I wasn't really a massive traveller. I was a big raver, man. We just go around to parties all the time. I think our <laughs> entire my twenties revolved around the rave scene. Of course. Uh, and go to clubs and and then There's a pretty healthy scene up in Glasgow as well. It was. And we came down here. We had just a good group of friends and we just kind of partied a lot mm. and worked. Kind of did a bit of travelling. Went to the States for a year when I was twenty. Mm. I suppose they always want to. But it's such a like heavy theme in your a lot of your photography now. Like I mean you, you go on your website and you've got pictures from all over the world. Yeah, the last 10 years have been epic. Yeah. <laughs> they have been really brilliant, man. Yeah. I have been like, I don't, it's funny because it was 10 years in February and uh, I, 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 you do a lot of reflection after a decade. You're like, wow, that was, that was epic. Right? Mm. So I did it. Yeah, I, luckily I have a very good friend of mine, the friend who got the, um, the uh, stuff published in The Guardian from the hospital train, she did a second book called uh, Around the World in 80 Trains. Her name's Manisha Rajesh. We, we went, she travelled around the world on a train and I did the, the journey from uh, Beijing to London. Mm. But again, it was all circumstantial. It wasn't like, mm. it wasn't something I was crazy. Were you were like, just there at the time? She or? just phoned me up and said, do you want to travel from Beijing to London and take some pictures from a book? Oh, and I was like, oh, I was like yeah, why In not? terms of like a dream job with photography, I mean, that's... It must be one of them, like... Yeah, it was cool, man. Circumnavigating half the globe while just taking lovely pictures of things and, and just going honest, with it and kind of seeing what happens. Sitting actually a lot more difficult than you <laughs> think, man. It's quite internal. You, I, for me, anyway, I, was, I, was, I remember I did a four-day train journey from Kazakhstan to Moscow and I, was, I went into myself quite intensely because it's flat planes for uh, days. Yeah. You know, it was... It was uh, Not so fun. Though, I mean, it was fun because you just meet loads of weird people. Hey, traveling, traveling is a, a, it's really good to unravel your sense of self, I think, if you're in that state of mind. I, I tend to do a lot of kind of reflection, a lot of thinking. And you, you, as like, just like a kind of solo person out there, just on a journey in terms of, yeah. I travel a lot on my own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when you're on your own in a foreign country with, uh, and you can't speak any languages, no. then you're kind of just <laughs> left to figure stuff out. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you have to question a lot of yourself in those circumstances. What am I capable of? Where are my boundaries? 
am I scared? Am I not scared? Um, and 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 so it's good for you in that sense. I think there's a real kind of sense of challenge. I suppose when I did that motorbike trip, when I wasn't a photographer, mm. that was a real self challenge. I put myself in some pretty hairy conditions. Yeah, I was going to say like you've been quite a lot of places. Have there ever been any dangerous situations? Ah. Uh, when you say hairy conditions, what do you I mean, mean like, like I slept just... in a I slept in a shed at the top of a mountain <laughs> for a week. Uh, yeah. I nearly got this, this this tramp in Kazakhstan tried to fight with me once because he was trying to, uh, he was getting fresh with my friend. Um, nothing seriously dangerous. Yeah. I'm trying try to think, to be honest. I can't remember. I've got a terrible memory. That's <laughs> <laughs> good job you take pictures. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that the other day, actually. I was like, thank God. I went through some <laughs> festival pictures the other day. I was like, ah. Oh my God, I can't remember any of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, like some of the opportunities you had at, at an early stage then, because I didn't know that you were sort of, you know, so late to the party in terms of get moving into photography in a full-time context. Uh, the festival route is a common theme with quite a lot of people in terms of getting into photography and stuff. But how did that, how, uh, what kind of festivals were you doing and how did that evolve into, you know, what, what content did you start making after after that? Like, um, so so the, the Festival Republic thing, I didn't recognise how powerful a, a, a means it was to for for quite a long time actually when I was in it. I just you don't really perspective is a very interesting thing because you don't really understand where you're at when you're in it, and it's afterwards that you can look back and go, wow, yeah. that was a very powerful situation that I was in. And the, 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 the title and the action that I had, I'd meet loads of people and I'd be the lead photographer for, for Festival Republic and, or one of the lead photographers, sorry. So, and, and so the, that would come with, it's like kudos, isn't it? You're like, you, people are like, oh, and I didn't really notice it. So I'd just be on, I, I, I was quite insecure about the position I was in. Um, in in the way that you just ha didn't have that much experience yet. I was hundred percent making it up as I was going along. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like <laughs> it was a real cobbling together of experience, yeah. understanding what images were, trying to figure out what the industry was. I was very, I think, I was very fortunate to have management experience, client experience. I knew how to run a business. Um, all of these things kind of came to me naturally. Mm. So I ended up running the teams at Festival Republic. And through that means, I, I, going back to your earlier question about isolation, photography is an isolated principle, and I, I always wanted to work in teams. So some of it's quite competitive. Some of the photographers can be quite competitive, and I didn't really enjoy that so much. So I tried to create teams of people to just kind of like, what I was doing was curating the look for Festival Republic at the time for Reading, Leeds and Latitude Festival. and. So I was allowed to bring in the photographers I wanted. I had a budget and I, and I made some really close friends out of it. We're still friends. And the and I made, I brought these teams together and we just had loads of fun, mm. you know? And it, and it, but it informed my sense of photograph, photographic identity. It also consolidated my um, experience as a photographer, what images are like, how to curate, how to manage galleries, that kind of thing. Yeah. Understanding social media in that sense. But I'm terrible at social media, I'll be, I'll be <laughs> honest. But even just like, I, I understand it, but I'm not very good at my own, you know? Sure. So all these, it all kind of rolled into this situation until, uh, until I kind of 
I fucked up one year and then and we all fell out and I didn't do it again. <laughs> oh no, what happened? No, um, I, 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 I remember. it wasn't anything specific. It was just like, I think there was expectations mm. um, and, and it went, they weren't met. I don't think it was solely my fault. No. I think there was a there was a kind of clash of personalities in the office that that just kind of like it it, it wasn't um, it wasn't helpful. I think I think maybe it just ran its course. Do you know what I mean? My ego, somebody else's yeah. ego, um, mm. and and we we clashed, and then and then that was it. But. It was it was a phenomenal time in life. I really enjoyed it. It's quite a long time. time. You said seven years. Seven years. I did. I did. So 2015 was my last one. 2008 was when I I saw no. Maybe actually six years. Okay. Sorry. So, but I, I did it before I quit my job, and then I carried on right up until yeah 2015. Um, by that by that by that point, I was shooting at Outlook Dimensions, uh, Reading, Leeds, Latitude. Do I do any more? Uh, I mean, I was shooting for a thing called Festival Annual. I dug out the Festival Annual the day. That was really early. That was great fun. That was <laughs> yeah. just punters. And <laughs> what else was I doing? One time, I, oh, I was doing uh, Jack Robinson's Festivals, Horizons, and mm -hmm. I never did the Iceland Airwaves ones. Um, I did, just, yeah, loads of them. I think I did 14 festivals in one year. That was my most. Yeah. And it broke me. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I couldn't I don't think I could do that. Like we had uh, Rob Jones in here the other week actually. Oh yeah, Rob's alright. Rob's yeah, doing well yeah. man. He's he's doing yeah, really he's well. some really good work. Yeah. Um but he had I think fifteen lined up for this summer. Yeah. They've all been cancelled, obviously. Yeah. Um so That's he's in a bit of a sticky situation at the moment because mm. he's just started his own collective and you know, they had some really good momentum, you know, especially after last year they I think they did fourteen festivals and then this year they went to do fifteen and yeah, it's it's tricky for some people. I think I saw him last year at Dimensions. He's doing mm. really well. I remember Rob starting. Actually, he's a good. He's a good photographer. Mm. He's done some really nice work. Lately. No, mate. He's, yeah, really good. You yeah, see yeah, his yeah. Um, billboard up in Manchester. Yeah, as well. I did. Yeah. I did yeah, excellent, mate. So you moved away from festivals. What was uh? What kind of happened next? Well, I mean, like it was an active move because, like you said, it's, 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 I mean, by that time I was thirty five, thirty six, and um. I was tired, yeah, and I just recognised that you get paid not so much money for doing vast amounts of work, yeah, and working like fourteen hour days. Yeah, it's, it's long, mm. and it's and so I kind of the, the fortunately the music industry and the commercial world are very closely aligned, especially now more so now than they ever were. I think there's yeah. just a whole kind of connection between the two, and so I jumped on that bandwagon. Unfortunately, my work fit with certain brands. I ended up being Monsters photographer for two years, travelled the world with them, which was excellent. Mm -hmm. um, they were really good to me. Yeah. Um, what kind of what's the kind of stuff are you banking? We were doing stuff in Ibiza. We were doing stuff in. Uh, we went to. We did a campaign in Rio. Uh, did some. Went on tour with Hot Sense eighty two in Japan, uh, around Tokyo, and wow. we went to. My God, like in January of 2018. So in 2018, I went to 18 countries before October. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty nuts, man. And I, but I burnt out, I actually burnt out in 2018 because I also built a, with myself and a few others, built an arts community in North London. Yeah. And it coincided with the busiest photographic year 
that I've ever had, but we built a kind of cooperative slash arts community in Manor House called Vivid Studios, mm. which is um, a phenomenal place actually. Um, and that was, that was a very, very busy year. <laughs> I think mm. I'm still getting over it, to be honest. <laughs> if, if anybody listening to this is on the verge of burnout, you have to take care of yourself because a, like, a legitimate burnout takes a long time to recover from. Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 a, it's called an adrenal burnout, I think. And it's Would like, you rank yours up there? Or yeah, 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 totally. Really? No, no, I still, I, like, I even, I put, I, it took a year and a half for me to start, I, like, maybe about three months ago, I started to feel kind of semi-normal because yeah. you just become exhausted really quickly. Um, so what, what what's going on in your brain? Like, what happened? Oh, that no, was super busy. You just, just like, just, just overtiredness. We flew to Jan, we flew to Oslo twice in four days because one of the, because the guy didn't turn up, you know, like, stuff like that. And you're on and yeah. off planes. And there's stuff happening in the arts community that was really challenging. Um, and it just culminated in physical and mental exhaustion combined, I think. Uh, it's quite, it's, it's, I, I don't think it's on, it's, uh, I don't think it's abnormal in the industry, especially with freelancers, because we, we tend to do a lot. Mm. And you're, you're just like, a, I think the analogy I often use is, like a hungry dog doesn't stop eating. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. Like a, yeah that's it. And, and I guess so. Yeah. It's a pretty free, good analogy. Yeah. Freelancers tend to be that, that mm. person. You know, you can't you never say, say no. No. Yeah. So you keep going until you stop. Until you made stop. You know. Mm. Um, but I don't think burnout is uncommon. No. What's your advice to, for people to maybe try and avoid that? I don't know. Kind of feeling it at the Try moment. and save some money so you don't worry. <laughs> so you don't worry so much. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Because I think that the biggest concern is that overheads and costs and all that up, kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. It's anyway, just... I don't know how we got into that, but, but yeah. <laughs> so 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 Monster were basically they they were really good to me for about two years. We mm. still did we still did some good stuff actually just after it. Yeah. Um, I shot Stormzy for them last year. Uh, last year, was it mid July last year? Yeah. Yeah. I think I can't remember time time. <laughs> um, what else have been doing? I should, have, I should have brought I should have got my website up or something like that. I had a look so I can tell you what I've actually been doing no, I, I worked with Culture Trip which was really good a trip to Japan last year so that was all part of that 18 thing mm -hmm. so yeah it's been a good it's good man like I'm I, I wonder when I'm wondering when it's going to stop I yeah. don't know what advice do you have for any like sort of young photographers out there that might um, be looking to kind of get into it and establish themselves young photographers I don't know. I, do your own thing, man. There's a lot of really incredible people out there doing their own thing and they shine. You know? yeah. it's, I, it, I wouldn't... I, starting 10 years ago was such a different game to starting mm. now. There's like the exposure to... Well, it's, it's either easier because you can get your work out there if you're good or it's more difficult because there's so many brilliant people out there. You know, um, Work with integrity. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the key points. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I wouldn't like to start now, to be honest. On your current sort of portfolio, what do you think you're most proud of? The style of content, the location, like... Interesting. I, I've done some really good stuff lately. I, I, I'd like oh, One of the jobs I did two weeks ago was I got commissioned by the British Legion to do portraits of uh, some of the last of the veterans for VE Day last Sunday. And I'm just, I haven't put it out yet, but it's some of the best portraits I've done. And it was also some of the most inspiring. I mean, I met one guy who basically dragged him out, dragged himself out of a jungle for four days 
1944 in Burma. I, that was, it was quite intense. Yeah. So stuff like that, I'm yeah. really proud of. Do you think you value like the sort of projects you've done that have a stronger narrative over other things that might be like, I don't know, deemed cooler? Or... I, I don't discern between either because no. each experience has its own valuable asset. You know, like you, you bring like these this this one of the best things about this job is literally you get to meet everybody of all walks of life. I've <laughs> yeah, never yeah. I've never pigeonholed myself. So I'm not a fashion photographer. I, I'm not just a commercial photographer, although that's what I do a lot of them. I'm not a portrait just a photog- portrait photographer. I'm a I do all of these things and it gets me into some really great situations. Yeah, absolutely. Man. That variation. Yeah, how, totally. have you, how have you managed to keep yourself unpigeonholed though? Because I've seen it happen <laughs> hundreds of times with people in you know many different disciplines. They'll get a gig, they'll do something, they'll get known for it. And it's, that's kind of what they spend the next six, seven, eight, ten years doing. And they just get sick of it. I don't know. I just say yes to everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I, don't, I haven't refused many jobs, to be honest. I mm. think I, there's not things. I think when the events, because I, I kept myself afloat for, you, if there are any young people out there listening, uh, there is, um, there's basically, you can keep yourself afloat through the PR industry. The PR, there's so much requirement for PR uh, assets. And you don't necessarily show it on your portfolio. Like I didn't, I don't, I didn't do. I'd go six months without doing a portfolio job, you know. Like, and mm. you're doing stuff to stay alive, because it's better to be a photographer shooting events than it is to be doing something else, you know. Course, like, yeah, and, yeah. and I personally, I, I nearly got a job. I was going to get a job very early on in a in a camera shop, and my mate turned around to me and he said, "Don't do that. Like, just, <laughs> just take photographs for money." And I was like, "All right, cool." So I did. And I, I made a lot of good friends in PR, the PR world, who were all we were all starting out at the same time, mm. fortunately, and we all worked together. You know, I hoped yeah, that I did nice. my best for them, and they they did my best their best for me. They'd always come back, you know. So we did loads of stuff like that. Um, so that would be a tip, you know, like look for work that you're. It's not if you want to survive, mm. you can get paid. You know, like don't look for too much. Don't don't think you you need all the money in the world to do a job to survive, you know, you don't need that. No. You can survive off, I mean, events work pays quite well, to be honest, mm-hmm. you can get PR stuff, pays you five to 700 quid a day, you know, that's a week's wage for a lot of people. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. So, um, in terms of like passion projects, uh, do you have any of your own initiatives? Yeah, yeah, I've done a few things. Uh, I, I did this trip in Ch- trip to China. So it was a period of three years I spent Three. I went to China quite a lot. My friend is a tea master in China, so I followed him around. No way. How come China? Did you just kind of? Was it always on your? <laughs> no, man. He just turned around to me. And he said, "Do you want to come out for a trip?" And I went, "Yeah, yeah, cool. Why not? I'll come." And, I, and the first one I went, and I did three weeks, and we were in the Yunnan, and uh, it's, it's just it's just on the, on the edge of the Golden Triangle yeah. in the South Yunnan, and he is an Irishman who sells tea to the Chinese and I thought this is brilliant I'm going to photograph it <laughs> yeah. but ultimately I just went and hung out with my mate and took loads of pictures and uh, I drank uh, he's, this is literally some of the best tea in the world like tea in China is a billion multi-billion pound yeah. industry but it's not tea like we drink it it's like tea ceremonies pours rock teas all these things so I just went around the mountains taking photographs that was really nice what do you think of China? I like, love it I've never been I wow. cannot recommend it enough, man. Really? People are amazing. People yeah. are very friendly. So I've heard like, some really mixed things. 
I've had people go there and they've said that, I don't know, people have been quite rude to them or they've been attacked or... Yeah. I mean, you could, like how many yeah. people come to London and people are rude to them and are attacked? You know <laughs> yeah, I mean? like, it's that's, very that's, true. This is the, the you've yeah. got to put things in perspective. There is 1.2 billion people in that country, <laughs> yeah. and you're gonna feel both positive and negative attributes of a country. But as far as I'm concerned, if you want to go and see a country which is so far removed from our culture, mm. although it has adopted vast amounts of Western culture, the the, you can fly, you can go to Hong Kong and you fly across from Hong Kong and Hong Kong is ostensibly a British yeah. model and then if you fly from Hong Kong to uh, I flew into Kunming and you instantly know you're in China it's completely different yeah. and it's a challenge you know like it's not a, mm. it's not you're not going to like somewhere that's going <laughs> to no. serve you up an easy travel do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but it's awesome how is it being like a solo traveller like just navigating the world like that I love it. Yeah, you love it. I, I'm quite easy in my own company, you know, so yeah. I don't mind it. But no, in terms of getting on and just like not knowing a language and navigating your way, you know, around parts of the world that are just completely alien to you. Is it? Is it a case of patience? Is it a case of... Yeah, I, I suppose know, so. Just I've backing yourself and having a little bit I've, of a quiet confidence or... I've had to learn patience, I suppose. Yeah. I, I'm, just quite fr I'm quite friendly mm -hmm. to people. I, I, yeah. Like, I'll just like... Smile at people, man. They're, 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 quite not, yeah. they're quite susceptible. People are susceptible to really basic concepts, yeah. man. Kindness and smiling are really, really good for traveling. Do you know what mm. I mean? Because most people actually, you know, like, like I, I, I don't to get myself into trouble, but British <laughs> people are really uptight. Do you know what I mean? Like, Emotionally. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's a lot of, some some of, let's, let's, let's not generalize too much. I've got a real problem with generalizing. Um, but we're quite an uptight bunch compared to the rest of the world, you yeah. know? Like, you go 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 places and people are really open, they're curious. Mm. And they want to know your story, a lot of them. And some don't, so you, you pick and choose as you go. But just being kind to people, smile and don't, like, let people in. Yeah. They want to know you, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. The most, a lot of the time, you want to know them. And if you kind of open up to some sort of flow state, then you'll find the right people. And, mm. and and they look after you, and I've been looked after a lot by some really like incredible people all over the world. Yeah, and it's humbling, you know. And do you kind of factor that into your photography as well? Because I've seen a lot of your portraiture. You're in some random corner of the world, and you've got like a picture of two guys on the you know Great Wall of China, and they're just like staring at you, smiling. It literally looks like a, someone from their family took the photo. Like, how do you develop this rapport when there's a language barrier? There's, I don't know, there's all these things. I don't know. <laughs> Body language, yeah. smiling. Honestly, smiling at people works, man. Mm. They like it. It's yeah, like, yeah. Not, but not disingenuously. But it's a a disarming just, kind of... Yeah, yeah. Just, just be nice to people, man. It's yeah. like, it's, it's a really, it's an art we're forgetting, man. <laughs> it's like, honestly, be nice to everybody all the time. It genuinely works, man. <laughs> It's, like, it's not witchcraft. It's not yeah. difficult, man. It's really bizarre. Yeah. I don't know why so many people are dicks, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's really simple. Talk to me about this artistic community in North London. Then, what's what's the deal? Uh, again, very circumstantial. Again, my friend Tim and I were uh, in Hackney Down Studios, and um, they jacked our rent up thirty percent in uh, in, oh, in a nice. year. Yeah, it was really nice, and we had to <laughs> jump, man. They were they were. They they were very landlordish, yes. put it like that, and uh, and so we, we we found this place and we went, shall we do it? And we found a two thousand square foot warehouse, 
and uh, we turned it into a photo studio with a recreation space, pool table, and 25 kind of independent art spaces that we kept, wow. at, but keep a real minimum. Yeah. Of course, we put a full kitchen in it. Um, and w- w- the intention was to sustain an arts community in London. We wanted to kind of not, for, it's, it's virtually not for profit. Um, there's a little bit, well, well, actually, no, we've never made any profit. And uh, it was, this is an ideology, really. It was yeah. like, we're, we, we were in the process of turning it into a cooperative, an actual functioning cooperative, just before lockdown happened. And then I, I actually sold my share of it now because it pretty much broke me. Mm. <laughs> I spent I spent seven weeks in lockdown trying to save it, and I did, uh, and I managed to get a grant, and then I sold it to a friend who was in the studio because I think I just I I, I, I to take it was back. taking up a lot of space in my. What just literally just managing and just I, trying to run? It's that, yeah, I was managing it, and I and I also had. Um, I think I just, I, I had a neurosis about it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was getting in the way of me Came doing other too things. Much. Yeah, too involved. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be a, a, a studio manager oh. and I was, I ended up being one. Mm. Um, so I just decided to sell it, which was great. Were there nice positives that kind of came with starting something like that as well? Oh, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Like it's the like people a, that you meet, you know, the things you get up to. What was the kind of vibe there? The vibes are excellent. It's yeah. a, um, a fully functioning arts community where everybody's like a big dysfunctional family. Uh, it literally is <laughs> a bizarre collection of incredible people yeah. who are so talented. Like there's some brilliant artists in there mm. and <laughs> I mean, artists are just an incredible bunch really. I don't think I gave it like the... the uh, I don't think I gave it the, the... I didn't really know what I was getting into. Yeah, 20, 29 artists in there at, the, at one point and I suppose I, I, I come from a management house. background and I was think I was maybe trying to over manage it a little bit I don't know it's no, working taken, now though it works now it's good taking a step back are you mm. kind of still going to have some involvement there do mm-hmm. you have a studio there yeah yeah I've got space okay there. so now you're just one of the artists no I'm, I'm yeah, is yeah. it nicer just kind of being able to enjoy it a bit more yeah it's lovely and you're not just looking around being like no, no, I've completely 100% let go of it. It's really, I haven't thought about it for months. <laughs> <laughs> it's excellent. Fantastic, mate. You should do a lot of photo series on all those guys. Yeah, You've somebody's done already though? done one as well. Oh, okay. I, do you know, like personal projects are interesting because I just never have time for them. And I, I suppose I should take time out. But I end up doing personal projects that aren't photography, which is weird. Like mm. I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I've started to help. Just want to break from it. Um, Maybe, mm. maybe. I don't know when, just the things appear, I just tend to do them instead of like thinking about stuff. Yeah. Just, that's, I've, I've barely made any choices in my life, to be honest. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm kind of contemplating the lack of free will throughout society, to be honest, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> I'll say that for next time. <laughs> that's, a, that's a philosophical concept, <laughs> which we can go for a different well, it, podcast. It kind of sounds like you're offered the kind of projects that you'd maybe do as a passion project anyway, mate. Sometimes, it seems yeah, so. Yeah. The, the, British, the British Legion one was phenomenal. Mm. That sounds great. It was cool, I'll send great. it over. Where did, where did you go to do it? Uh, it was two weeks ago and I drove to Manchester for an hour, came back, drove to Peterborough Christchurch. Wow. Uh, where else did I go? Two places in Kent to visit 95 year old men 
who were war heroes. And at one point I thought I'd wiped them all out with COVID. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> it's literally just like that. Oh my God, what if, what if? <laughs> well, they're all right, it seems, and I'm fine, I'm COVID, I'm COVID free, so, uh, so it's all good. But I was very, I was very careful, but you can't, like, I mean, these are funny times, aren't they? Was, they, they were really brilliant, man. Yeah. Such amazing what, characters. What kind of guys are they? I mean, your granddad. Yeah. Just lovely old men who's been, through a lot mm-hmm. uh, and they were very kind and very happy to see somebody I think <laughs> like what was, do most of them live sort of in, in retirement communities or well, I mean, one of them was a hundred and he lived on his own in a retirement community one lived with his wife yeah it was lovely yeah nah, various various like something like two of them actually one ninety seven lived on his own wow it's cool bachelor mm. yeah I would <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the word I would to use. But, uh, uh, How did the British Legion uh, sort of contact you? Oh, again, a friend of mine just turned around and I was in Scotland visiting my parents for the first time after lockdown and I got an email saying, do you know any photographers in Scotland? Because I live in London. Yeah. And I was like, I'm in Scotland with all my gear. Mm. And it just went from that. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Nice like, little hookup, mate. I, just like circumstantial, isn't it? Mm. Let things just happen. saying yes to everything. Have you started saying no to things like... Not at this time in life. No. <laughs> there hasn't been anything to say no to. The, um, no, man, this is not a time to be saying no to stuff. Right? No. Who knows what's going to happen? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like the fact that I've been busy at the moment. Yeah. I hope it lasts. Yeah. Um, what did you do for the entirety of of lockdown when you were, you were, I mean, we had a good, what, three or four months there where you know, stay at home. Like, what did you get up to? Um, I... So I, I, I tried to save the stu- tried to spend a lot of time sp- saving the studio. Really? Yeah, that I spent a lot of time of list with day. a friend, looking, uh, writing financial models and researching, uh, like uh, what do you call them, funding streams. Mm. Mostly, it was like writing business plans, that kind of stuff, because a lot of applications require a lot of time. And then I also work on a meditation centre in Suffolk, and that the project that I was working on there kind of went wrong at the same time so I was really busy yeah um, I ended up like yeah really busy mm. do you meditate quite a lot? yeah a lot twice yeah. a day really? Mm-hmm. how long for each session? an hour so okay. it's two hours a day um, it's a bit of a commitment yeah it's good what does it help you with? everything really? <laughs> <laughs> everything. letting go man it's like yeah, yeah, two hours a day of meditation helps you just kind of accept things as they are and not really crave for any anything else. I mean, I'm very fortunate, I'm a very privileged person to have seen and done all the things that I've done, mm-hmm. to be in the, in the social circles that I'm in, to have the family that I've got, all these things, and it instills a sense of gratitude and a desire to continue to work hard at, at things that mean something yeah you know it's why i'm helping build the center weirdly i've ended up um i've ended up doing project management for them i went oh, up there nice. as a photographer to take some pictures and realized that they needed a project manager more than they did a uh, a photographer <laughs> and <laughs> i ended up um, swap hats yeah, yeah yeah it's really interesting i'm having to dig the the 
dredges of my subconscious to find my project management, but it seems to be there and it's helping. And that matters because, like, I'll, I'll be honest, it's the thing. I, so to go back to the original, but it was the 10-day, my first silent 10-day retreat, which was the thing that got rid of the insecurities which stopped me from being the person that I am today wow. because it was insecurity that thought that I couldn't be something. And then uh, I practiced what's called Vipassana meditation and it's a process of self-awareness which you basically, you kind of crack the ignorance of yourself that mm -hmm. you perceive it to be. And uh, and so I did that and that was when I came out and I was like, wow, shit, I can do, I can do loads of stuff. Like I'm, all the stuff I thought I couldn't do, I could do. And I've nurtured it. I've been doing it for 12 years now and I've started taking it seriously over the last three, sober. I do mm. that a lot and it works. Amazing. Mm. If you could talk to the 19-year-old Mark in Glasgow, would you tell him to do anything different? Or in terms of your journey, are you happy with you know, the story? I've made a few mistakes, but mistakes teach you more than not making mistakes, to be honest. That's ultimately it. If you don't make mistakes, you're not learning. Cool. So, no. But I have, I mean, there's a few, when you when you observe your own mind yeah. to any great extent, you realise that there's quite a lot of rocks in there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about understanding those big rocks and trying to lift them out. So it doesn't mean you forget. It just means that you accept that they're there and that they've taught you something on your way. And every, the thing is, like, we are here right at this moment because of everything that we've ever done. Exactly. We wouldn't be sitting here. So, you know, yeah. Doesn't make, that's, yeah. Um, so, so without, no. without engineer Mark, there might not have been a photographer Mark. <laughs> without engineering, I wouldn't. But like, like I said, the the concept of everything I took to Festival Republic was management. You know. Mm, yeah, yeah. I look at uh, there's there's no one way to become a successful photographer. Mm. Right. This is this. It isn't like, all right, I'm going to take that. There's a hundred routes to do whatever because it's so subjective. The concept of, I mean, actually, there's objective concepts of commercial photography and how you kind of put yourself into that principle. But your own position as a as a image maker is something that you determine yourself. Well, you shoot what you love. That's like the thing, right? So if you love if you love interiors, you shoot interiors. If you love music, you shoot music. You know, so you'll put your passion into it. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, I don't know. I went off on one there. I forgot my chain of thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, mate. Lastly, do you want to plug uh, any of your websites where people can? Go and look at some of the photos we've just been talking about. Uh, MarkSethy.com is getting updated at some point. <laughs> at some point. In the next two weeks, hopefully. Uh, yeah, MarkSethy.com. I'm terrible at Instagram, but at MarkSethy on Instagram too, if you want to have a look there. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to, that's been a perpetual desire to be better at Instagram for a very long time. <laughs> uh, it hasn't happened. Amazing. Well, mate, thank you for coming down. Pleasure. And, uh, having a quick chat with us. And uh, I'll let you jet off, but I'll hopefully see you again soon and work with you even sooner. Yes, lovely. Nice Thank one. you very much, Max. Cheers, Mark. That's all for this episode, but please make sure to check out our other episodes and subscribe to the podcast to ensure that all future episodes are on your radar. In the meantime, you can find our main website, family-creative.co.uk and on Instagram at family creative. We'll catch you next time.